Friday, Friday edition of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Jesse Montano joined by JJ Jerez once again. Uh, we're starting to make a habit out of this, and I absolutely love it, JJ. Yeah, it was so nice the last time. We did it so nice, we had to do it again. Oh, wow. All right. I was so excited for the rhyme there. Uh, yeah, JJ and I are back at it here on a Friday, just uh, kind of enjoying ourselves. It's a little uh, little hot out, 91. You know me, I'm all about it. but I'm all about hot. it too, it, especially in the summertime. I know you can relate to me here. The feeling of being in this hot weather and then going to your men's league games or showing up yes. to a rink, just the best air conditioner on the planet. There's no yeah. feeling like it. Summertime at the rink. Yes, no, 100%. And uh, we were actually even talking about this when we were in Tampa. When you weren't playing and just sitting in a cold hockey rink all day, uh, it was really nice to walk out at night, be nice and warm, you're like wrapped in a little blanket. Same same kind of thing, but just reverse. Same, same, but different, if you will. Life's about balance is what you're saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's a balancing act. We're here for the existential podcast. We'll talk about hockey yeah, later. That'll right? be on tomorrow's show, Monday's show. <laughs> this is all just life. Uh, no, but dude, we are, uh, you're, you are going to take over kind of driving the bus again here and, and you got a nice little rundown put together, but, uh, basically we've just gotten into this weird dead of the off season where nothing's really happening and, um, no one really knows what direction to go next. Like literally all week on our shows, I'm sure you've dealt the same thing on your shows where it's like, well, what do we talk about? Right. You look back to the free agency day and there's a lot of hype around it. We even had a show together then. That was the last time I joined you guys. Yep. And uh, we were all expecting big news to drop. And then it was just crickets. and A tumbleweed blew across. And <laughs> just sitting there fiddling your thumbs, right? So, yeah, I guess I, what do you think goes into all this free agent bore? I mean, it was maybe it's us, just our perspective, waiting for that Nazem Kadri big news to drop that right. we kind of feel like, hey, this was kind of a snooze. But, like nothing's happening. Yeah, I guess what, what, what do you feel was the reason it was so underwhelming this year? I don't know if this was the reason, but for me, I think what a lot of factored into it, man, was the number of RFAs that didn't get QOs. And I think a lot of that goes back to the, the salary cap not really moving much. Um, but I think the market just kind of got flooded with a bunch of pl plan B, cheaper guys that you think can fill in well enough while you kind of wait for this cap to go up. And I really do. I think players like Nazem Kadri, not just Nazem Kadri, but I just don't really think the market shook out the way that they thought it would. Um, I think GMs had had options available to them. They didn't think they would 48, 72 hours before the market um, officially opened. And, and I think it just kind of changed the way that things looked a little bit. And, and it just kind of created some, some unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. I mean, there's still a ton of players out available, right? I think that's really what's causing this big question. It must be that they're just waiting for dominoes to fall and it has to be the Nazem Kadri situation, right? I mean, it feels like there's a handful of teams saying, let's see if we can make room for Nas. If not, yeah. then we'll look at these other guys, other maybe possible plan Bs. But there's still good names out there. Phil Kessel, John Klingberg. Mm -hmm. So that being said, of those names, let's look at a few that, let's say Nas walks. No trades happen. We'll get into yeah. some possible trades yeah, later in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What could some maybe, you know, good free agents that are still out there be a good fit here in Colorado? Well, honestly, and this isn't an answer to your question at all. Nice. But <laughs> Uh, Nino Niederreiter was the one that I was really looking at. He was another one that I was surprised went uh, as long as he did without being signed. And then the, the deal that he did end up signing um, 
that was a guy who I really did look at for the abs and saying, Hey, look, maybe not even waiting for Nazem Kadri to get done. Do you maybe just bypass that and go look at a guy like a Nino Niederreiter? Uh, I, I think they've got some flexibility with uh, Miko Ranton and potentially being able to uh, slide to that center spot on the second line. If you need him to, um, you know, Gabe Landis, you get some spot duty there. I'll be honest with you, man. Well, not to mention the plethora of centers that they already have, right? Right. They they pretty much, and that's been their MO the last five, six years. Let's just get a ton of centers, make them play the wing until we, you know, maybe need to roll them in and out of center. See Ben Myers, for example. I think that's definitely the plan behind him, right? Alex Newhook last year. No, Logan O'Connor had to eventually work his way back to the middle slot. So they love just acquiring centers. So they have a ton of flexibility in that sense. Yeah, for sure. And and I mean, like, look, you are still looking at, at a guy like Alex Newhook that, you know, I think people read a little bit too much into his usage in the playoffs or lack of usage, however you want to put that. Um, thinking that, oh, well, the Avs obviously don't have any big-time plans for this kid. I think a lot of people forgot this was his rookie year. He played in the playoffs last season against St. Louis, and I believe he, was, he got injured, and that's why he didn't finish the playoffs. You know, scored a goal, looked really good. And so I think people kind of forgot this was – He's 21, first year in the league, going on a Stanley Cup run. You just can't expect them to be plugging that guy in at 2C once you're getting into these later rounds. And, like, you can't stick Alex Newhook with the matchup against Dreisaitl, uh, against Kucherov and stuff like that, you know, that deep into the postseason. But I do still think that's a guy that they are looking at as potentially a long-term uh, 2C option. Uh but to to finally circle back around and answer your question, uh, I think there's two guys for me that are still out there UFA-wise that are viable options, and that's Paul Stasny and Sonny Milano. Sonny Milano was a name that definitely stood out to me as well, and he's pretty cheap, right? He was just on right. a, just over a mill deal last year, so you yep. can get him. And again, back to the flexibility at center spot, right? You, you throw in the name Miko Rantanen, and you have so much – plug and play that you're not confined to replacing Kadri with a center. Right. 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 You can, you yep. can explore the market at the wing spot at the center spot and really just take your best fit. And I think that's an advantage that Joe Sackett or I guess Chris McFarland yep. now really has. Um, and yes, we'll see how it plays out, but I think they're just waiting to see how Nas shakes out. Then we'll attack accordingly because really they have such a wide variety of options. Well, and, and so I'm glad you brought that up because that is the one thing that I really do think um, we've kind of gotten lost on a little bit here is you don't need a, you don't need to find a two seat. You need to find a top six player or someone that you think could fit into your top six, uh, you know, at least at the beginning of the season. And I liked a lot of what Chris McFarland said at, at kind of the end of the day on, what was it? July 13th. It's normally July 1st. And so all this has me all messed up, but whatever free agency day was, Um, you know, where he basically said, look, we're going to solve this issue, whether it's in the next four hours, in the next four weeks, or in the coming months, like we're going to figure out what, what goes into play there. We're not in a rush. That's one thing that this as team has always done, uh, you know, very well. And they've stuck to their guns of, we're not going to put ourselves, we're not, we're not going to back ourselves into a bad situation, whether it be through, uh, you know, a bad contract, uh, or, or, you know, whatever it is, we're not going to put ourselves in a bad situation because we feel like we need to do something right away. 
Um, so they're going to take their time and they're going to find the right fit. I, 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 I just don't know if you need to go out and give out 2C money or make a trade for 2C, which again, we're going to get into the trade stuff here in a little bit. Um, when I just don't know if you need to do that. Yeah. I mean, people often forget about the prospect pool too, right? I mean, you can easily give somebody some opportunities and you have all regular season to figure that out. So, I mean, I know Martin Kaut hasn't exactly been the most glamorous prospect <laughs> in the, in the system, but why not throw him at the bottom of the lineup, see what he can do for a game or two and see if he's made some improvements. If not move on, maybe make a move for him. You still got sample rant. that's supposed to be promising, yeah. right? Malta. So maybe you throw him, yeah. Malta, you throw some of those guys into the lineup and, and suddenly you're not looking to fill so many voids, but you look at that second line and really, if you lose Nas, you're going to have to fulfill Burakovsky's role too, right? Because yep. I mean, that's how the season started was a Nichushkin Kadri Burakovsky line. Mm -hmm. So you're looking for two slots really on that. Set. So I say, why not? Okay. Why not fill it? <laughs> why not fill it with somebody internally on one spot and then look for somebody outside uh, yeah. on the other spot? Evan Rodriguez, another name I think I'd like yeah. being floated out there. Go yeah. ahead and make your piece. Well, no, no, no. I was just going to say, like, <laughs> to me, Arturi Lekkonen already kind of filled that yep, Burakovsky. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I do like, I look at this roster right now and it's essentially. Forget the goaltenders because that's kind of a different topic. The lineup, as it's constructed right now, today, without Nazem Kadri, you have swapped Nicholas Abe Kubel for Ben Myers, and then you have a hole at that 2C. Otherwise, the lineup, if opening night was tonight, that lineup would be near identical to the Game 6 Stanley Cup final lineup for the Abs, which was one of the best games that we saw them play all season was that group. So you're not in this like super desperate spot. That's part of the reason why I liked so much that the abs just said, Hey, look, we're going to run it back with our own UFAs. We're not going to go out and, you know, pay huge open market money to bring in a bunch of guys that we don't know. All these guys love our locker room. Our locker room loves them. They understand the system. They understand the coaches just run it back, and now you're just kind of one spot short. So for me, if you can take an Evan Rodriguez, a, a Sonny Milano, a Paul Stasny, or a bunch of, you know, there's a bunch of other names maybe on the wing or someone that you could acquire via trade, to me, that just makes a little bit more sense. And look, if you have to pivot and make a change in the season at the deadline, you can do that. You, you're, you're, you're the defending Stanley Cup champions. You get a year of buffer to try some stuff and just see what you come up with. And I think they should lean into that. I'd like to think that that's true, right? That maybe they can move on without Nazem Kadri and perform at equally, if not better, of a of a clip. I guess I, I, you're obviously missing a ton of points. Oh, absolutely. If he leaves, but if you really look at it, I mean, the power play I think is just fine without Naz, especially if you throw Arturi Lekin in in that mm -hmm. first power play. I think he fills that kind of middle position just fine yep. the power play was a pivotal piece to this team the penalty kill obviously has nothing to do with Nazem Kadri yep. you're just missing some point production so you're gonna have to find a way to compensate there yeah. that's the biggest hurdle otherwise yeah I mean there, there are definitely areas of the game that you could say you know what this team might be just fine the way it is right but might is the word you're, you're definitely emphasizing right. there yeah and I, I don't want to undersell what Nazem Kadri did uh for the abs he had he had a great season I mean, emotional leader. And again, I think you and I even talked about this. Maybe, maybe this was you who said this to me. 
Maybe the two biggest moments of the postseason both come off Nazem Kadri's stick, arguably, right? The, the hat trick in St. Louis after everything that happened for him to go out and have that performance. That's one of the more memorable avalanche Stanley Cup playoff moments in history. And that was the conversation. Right. And and then the broken hand comes back, wins it and after a after a honestly a bad game, wins it in overtime with a spectacular goal to put the abs on the brink of winning the cup. I'm not trying to downplay any of that. I'm more of just saying, I think this roster is so good. I think it's so deep. I think the team is so well coached that as good as Nazem Kadri was, I don't think they win the cup without Nazem Kadri, but I think you can find someone who fits in that spot. Now you're going to have a full season of Arturi Lekin and you know, Val Nachushkin really looks like he's continuing to take steps forward. I, I just think this roster is so good uh, that you can get away with it. You can get a little cute and get away with it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess looking at the situation as a whole, right, with with Kadri and taking his time to make a decision. I mean, do you think it's really Kadri taking the time to make the decision? Do you think it's more waiting on some teams to make their moves to make the decision? Or do you, I guess, how, what's the DMVR speculation is my question. I, I, I'm sorry to say I don't necessarily listen to all you wow. guys' podcasts. Wow. Hey, there's a lot of content out there. It's my off season. Give me a Go break. Ahead, this. Give me a break. <laughs> um, so, VR group, what are you guys seeing as a, it, what the reason is that it's taking so long? And, you know, a lot of people out there are saying that the longer it takes, the better it feels that the chances are that the abs resign them. Do right. you subscribe to that? So I actually just having this conversation with someone the other day where I, I keep going back and forth. The longer we went in the day on free agents on July 13th, yes, I felt like it benefited the abs. And then once it went past free agency or that, that opening bell day, I was like, set and forget he's coming back. He made it past opening day. He'll just resign. But now with every day that goes by, I think you're just opening yourself up to, I, I think he's, again, I just think the market shook out differently than he thought. So I think he's talked to a couple teams that have said, Hey, look, we want to be able to give you some of this bigger money that you feel you're worth. We think you're worth, but we can't fit that in right now. And I think teams are trying to avoid putting themselves in the situation that Vegas has where you're having to make these trades. You're having to give Max patch already away for absolutely nothing. So they're saying, hey, wait, wait, wait. Let us make these deals and clear up the cap space first so that we don't put ourselves in a bad situation. Then we can come to you with an offer. Those deals aren't being made, though. So right. I think the the, uh, the teams receiving those offers right, are saying, we smell the desperation yeah, on you. We right. know how yeah. badly you want this and are maybe asking for a bit of an overpayment there. Yep. And, and I think you're just kind of leading to this weird stalemate. And so I think now, honestly, JJ, the longer this goes on, I think you open yourself up to, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna use a team as an example without looking at cap friendly, right? I, I think you open yourself up to a a Calgary, uh, or or you know a New York, the Islanders, uh, the the Kraken. I know he's saying he wants to go to a contender, but I think the longer you go, you open yourself up to Seattle saying, hey, eight million, six years, take it or leave it. And if you're Nazem Kadri and you're looking for that big payday, you say, okay, I can go play with. Burakovsky. I can now be a mentor for Beneers and for Shane Wright. You can kind of be that one C for the next year and a half, two years. Uh, yeah, read that last tweet there. 
Yeah. Or, or comment. Uh, not yes, tweet. Take less. Yeah. No, I mean, so so this is the other thing too, right? Read it. Oh, do you want me to read okay, it out loud? It. I don't know how it works. <laughs> yeah, no, they can see it. It's on the screen. Yeah, if he wants to win, he has to take less. If he wants some money, he will plan a bad team. No good teams have eight million laying around. A hundred percent. And I think that's why you heard him kind of change his tone. I think when he showed up on, on the actual day, right? Because nobody tampers. Nobody talks before the official opening. Wink, wink. Um, I think he kind of realized, ooh, I thought I was going to have some eight and a half, nine million dollar offers. I don't. Well, then I want to go play for a contender. And like, you've got Cat Friendly pulled up right there. Like, those contending teams just don't have money. There are two things that stand out to me when I'm looking at Cat Friendly. One of them is you go to Calgary's page, right? And you see how much cap room they have. And I, last I checked a couple hours ago, I think it was 18 mil. Yeah. I think if there was a Calgary deal to be done, it would have been done yeah. by now. Um, the other side of it, I see Patrice Bergeron still, still active on the free agent list, right? So that tells me Boston's trying to make a play for Kadri still. They're mm -hmm. trying to work some things around before they secure anything with Patrice Bergeron because I think they know they have some flexibility there, right? Yep. They, Patrice Bergeron doesn't want to go anywhere else, so they're going to say, this is how much we have left. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you um, take what's left. <laughs> so, yeah, I look into that, and I just see, you know, there are some – because I think if you're Nazem Kadri, you're like, yeah, Boston, I, I could see myself fit in there. They're not too far off from being a contender. And Naz thinks highly of himself. He say, I can go make them a contender by yes. just simply Which hopping into their role. Um, so I don't know. I think there's still so much in the air. As you know, the hockey world is so good at keeping things close to the vest, especially when the majority of the hockey media world <laughs> is on vacation. <laughs> is right that their now. cottage? They're, yeah, they're not getting their scoops. So well, well and, and like. And I'm sorry, I know you're trying to move us on here, but like, no. does this not feel you're 100% correct? And like, the hockey community stays pretty tight lipped. Does this not feel like the tightest lipped? Like, I, I'm not ultra plugged in, but throughout the year, I've picked up a few sources, got in contact with a few Dang, people. Dang, that's more than me. <laughs> and dude, like, everybody that I reach out to has heard nothing, not hearing anything uh, from from you know Naz's agent. Uh, you know, family, like they are keeping this tight, tight, tight lipped. Um, and, and it's just interesting. And I think it's part of the reason why it feels like there's so much nothing going on. Cause usually it's rumors and, oh, it's down to these teams and, oh, this team made a pitch or, oh, this team, you know, reached out to his camp. There's just none of it. Right. Or I remember one time when PK Subban was on the trade market when he was still in Nashville. No, when he was still in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I asked Joe Sackick post-trade deadline, hey, did you kick the tires at all on P.K. Subban? And his answer was like, we kicked the tires on a lot of people, right? <laughs> so anytime you hear like, hey, this team reached out, like, yeah, probably every team reached out. Right. So yeah. it, you can't really read too much into that, to your point. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess in speculation here, to me it feels like, Perhaps there's a verbal agreement in place between Nas and the Avalanche right now, but there might be a couple verbal agreements in place between Nas and other teams. Yeah. But I think if anything, if the Avs can make it work, I think they have priority in I Nas's agree. eyes. But I agree. He wants that pay raise. He deserves that pay raise. Um, so, you know, I still give the edge to the Avs, but maybe like 55%, right? Just yeah. that slight, slight edge. Like over the, yeah, over the field. No, I, I think that's spot on because look, like, I don't think it's any secret. He likes the fan base here. He, him and his family like being in Colorado. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, I think he wants to be here, but 
I also think he understands that, look, Joe Sackett, Chris McFarland, you know, Chris McFarland's at, at the helm right now. Um, but this is still the same management that has not been shy about not giving big money or handcuffing themselves long-term. I mean, we just saw them do it in back-to-back years with starting goaltenders who were very good for them. Say, Darcy Kemper just won them a cup, and they were like, yeah, no, thanks, but we're not doing that. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to put ourselves in a bad spot long-term. So he knows they're not shy about doing that. And, and, you know, they're not just going to give him a blank check because they like him a lot. Yeah. And, and from his standpoint, I'm sure you can relate to this, Jesse. I mean, yeah, I like being here in Colorado too, but for the right amount, I'm out. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, Yeah. There's a couple cities where the the amount would have to be a little bit higher, but uh... for sure. (laughs) And there's definitely some uh, NTCs on there, no <laughs> trades. Um, That's always a – have you ever done that? We did that as a show a few years ago. Maybe we'll do it again this summer. What's what's your 10-team no trade? That'd be fun. It's a, I want to join if you guys do that yeah, one. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you guys do a psychic prediction, that was <laughs> – I loved the outside-the-box <laughs> thought behind whoever put that together. You can take my spot on that one because Megan's big into all of that, and we were talking about it, and I was like, ooh – I think I'm off. I'm in. I'm in. I'm big into the astrology thing. I got I got astrology tattooed on me. It looks like you got tripped last night in your men's league. No, I'll say so. We got a super chat here uh, from B. Oh, oh God. Uh, So I'm warming up last night and uh, official skates over to me. He goes, Hey, are you Jesse? And I was like, Yeah. He goes, Big fan of the show. Listen every day. He wasn't Uh, a Tim Peel fan, was he? uh, I don't think so. Tim Peel didn't come up. Uh, But yeah, then he uh, he was like, Oh, I'm gonna try to give you the benefit of the doubt and then he got me for a hooking like five minutes in i thought it was clean but always just always go to the box it's men's league who's gonna who's gonna get mad i'm embarrassed to say i've been tossed out of my last two men's league games your last two see it's been a few years since i've been tossed uh i got a big mouth jesse i got a big mouth yeah to be fair we had already had two power plays like seven minutes in so like Probably owed us. Keeping it even. Yeah, no. Appreciate it. Uh, Let's get Uh, to our ad reads. Great, uh, very well officiated game last night. I don't believe it. (laughs) I don't think that's a a word that ever, or a sentence that's ever been truly spoken in Colorado. Um, But yeah, we got Avaka and Breck Brew to get to here. Yeah, uh, look, man, we talked a little bit about the altitude situation earlier in the week. Uh, Thought maybe there was some light at the end of the tunnel with the Comcast dish stuff. Doesn't look like it is. Doesn't matter. Just head over to Evoca TV. Uh, if you haven't been able to watch the Nuggets, Abs, or Rapids, uh, yeah, head on over, get switched. You can watch all of the Colorado teams you love uh, with Evoca. Uh, they're a completely new approach. No contracts, no long-term, anything like that. It's less expensive, uh, delivers superior picture and quality. Uh, service includes locals like Altitude, AT&T, Sportsnet, as well as a ton of national channels as well. They're growing every single day and expanding, so you know you are going to just continue adding on to those packages. Uh, Look, they're available everywhere um, in Colorado Springs and in the Denver metro area. I can't get my mouse over here to... There we go. Uh, They've got channels like, like I said, Altitude, AT&T, and DNVR. If you have Ivaca, you can be watching us live on the DNVR channel. It's terrifying. uh, Right now, yeah. We could be on someone's television. Yeah, we're probably on a lot of people's television. Right Oof. now, because everyone's switching to Avaca. We gotta start dressing better, Jesse. Yeah, meh. I mean, we're just ready to go, go surfing. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, we look we look fit for a night out in Tampa. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you know, we we, we you you got uh, rounds two through four 
on national television, but you probably weren't able to grab uh, the first round. Ivaca has that as well. All of this, you know, I keep saying all this. Baseball's underway. You got the Rockies surging right now, maybe making a push for a wild card spot. You can watch them on Ivaca TV. I keep saying all this, but look, dude, really the main thing is they have Altitude Sports. Stop waiting for this to get sorted out. Head on over uh, to ivaca.tv slash DNVR. Uh, use the promo code DNVR. You're going to get $10 off. Uh, for each of your first three months. So you are only paying $15 a month uh, plus the cost of receiver, no contracts, no hidden fees. Uh, again, evoca.tv slash DNVR. Get your altitude sports hooked up so you are ready to go. As the season gets going here, not not all that long from now. What, we're talking like eight weeks, something like that. Preseason gets rolling. So uh, get set up now. That way you make sure you're uh, you're all set to go. Yeah, like JJ mentioned, we're also brought to you guys by our great friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Uh, their beers will be on tap, and we'll have all their regular seltzers back at the bar once the DNVR Bar 2.0 opens back up uh, here, I believe, in August, right before um, NFL preseason starts. So we'll have them all there. You know they've got beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch the game than with a Breck brew. They've been doing it for over 30 years, so their love and passion comes through every time you pick up a drink. Uh, the Good Company Hard Seltzers and Lemonade Seltzers, which are my favorite on a hot summer day like this. Uh, they've also got uh, the Avalanche Amber Ale, Rudo's favorite, Drew's Drop IPA, Summer Pill Shandy, Strawberry Sky, one of my favorites, and the Vanilla Porter Jr. Uh, use that Breck Beer Locator uh, on their website to find where they are being sold nearest you. So it's the official drink of the summer, JJ. No, I'm I'm in. Is the Vanilla Porter Jr. is that named after Michael Porter Jr.? It is, yes. Who you can also watch with Vodka TV, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, that's that's the benefit, Nailed right? It. I feel like if you you ever get headaches, I get frequent headaches, yep. right? And sometimes they get really bad. And if you were to come up to me and say, "Just give me fifteen dollars, <laughs> and you won't have a headache for the rest of the month," yeah, right? I would absolutely pay those fifteen dollars. <laughs> and that's what it is when you do like the yeah. streaming. These teams is such a headache when you do it the Dude, uh, the seriously. pirate way, right? Yeah. And that's what gets exhausting is one night I'm, I'm trying to watch the abs on the road. Then the next night I'm trying to watch the nuggets. And it's like, I don't really want to deal with the headache uh, two nights in a row, back to back night. So I think Ivaca sounds like a win. Well, and dude, like honestly, everyone, whenever we talk about the altitude stuff, we always get comments in the chat and on TV or excuse me, on Twitter where it's like, oh, well, you know, you can stream it. It's like, I know, but I just want to be able to come home Grab the remote, turn it on. Uh, with Ivaca, you can do that. Grab a Breck brew, sit down in front of your TV, turn on Ivaca, and, and catch the abs and nuggets. And it's game time. Um, yeah, it's going to be here sooner than we know it. Yeah. Sooner than we know it. Um, I think I saw it was 82 days today. 82. Is it 82? Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Brennan for posting those every day. You've been counting down. Uh, McNicholas? No. Oh, uh, oh. Vought. The guy that does avalanche territory, he shows uh, up. Ah, so. yes, yes, yes. Good yes, guy. Yes, yes, Good yes, guy. Yes. He's trying to make his way yes, through the industry here. Absolutely. Um, so Great. we've been talking Nazem Kadri the uh, whole time so far. Yep. But of course, we also know that there's caveats to signing Kadri, right? It's not just simply, hey, give him the money. Let's go. <laughs> they have to move some pieces, break some eggs to make an omelet, if you will. I love using that phrase because it's so true. Good one. Um, and so true. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah. You can't make an omelet by just throwing the egg in there. Well, <laughs> the uh, most frequent conversation we're hearing right now to make Nazem Kadri work is a Sam Gerard trade. Yeah. Now I know Sam Gerard's one of those players. Every once in a while we have those players. I mean, usually there's probably about three or four on the team right now where 
there's a whole contingency of ass fans that are all about him and a whole contingency contingency of ass fans that want him out of town. Tyson Joseph is one of those people, right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like yeah. Sam Gerard has developed into one of those people as Scapegoats. well. Scapegoats. Right. So let's get into that conversation. Is mm -hmm. Sam Gerard a good piece? Do you like the idea of shipping him out to keep Nazem Kadri? So one, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know. It started about a year and a year or a year and a half ago where, like you said, a certain contingency of the Avalanche fan base um, just kind of flipped on him. And people went from talking about him as one of maybe the best value contracts in the NHL to, oh, this guy is overpaid for what he does. He's too small. He's this, he's that. Um, and it seemed like ever since then, it's just been this kind of like rolling wave of people on that, on that train. Now I'll start by saying this. I, I get where some of the justification comes from, right? He just got hurt and the abs went on to win the Stanley cup without him in the lineup. And that's the toughest thing. It's a rough look. It's a rough look. Right. Um, so, so I, I get the argument of, is he expendable by that standard? Probably. Yeah, probably. Um, I don't think his injury is a product of him being too undersized. It was a really violent hit that just kind of caught him in the wrong place. I mean, broken sternum, you know, that's you getting crunched this way. It doesn't matter if you're eight foot 11 or five foot 10, if you get crunched the wrong way, you get crunched the wrong way. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. I we'll leave that there. <laughs> I don't like the idea of moving on from a core piece of this defense because I really do think this defense, as it's constructed, is going to be the driver of Colorado's play for the next two, three years while Devontae's uh, is still locked up. And obviously, we'll see what happens there. But like right now, you are looking at, at right now today, you're looking at Taves McCarr, Byron Manson, Gerard Johnson shuffle around that bottom four as you see fit. I dare you to find me a better decor in the NHL than that. Sure. But I think that that the way you just lined it up is exactly why I might be able to see his departure acceptable because you have him on the third pair. I mean, how many third pair defensemen out there are making five mil a year? And that's the problem, right? I mean, I, I think one, one thing you really have to keep in mind is Kale McCarr, he had a great stretch of consecutive games there to close out the season, but yeah. that's not typical from what we've seen in his short career so far. He tends to take these small injury breaks. He gets, mm -hmm. you know, tweaked here and there that he needs. So then he's out of lineup. What do you do there? Well, the easy answer, Bowen Byram. Yep. You don't want to bury Bowen Byram deep in the lineup because he has a lot of what you need in the future, I think. I think yeah. he shows more promise than Sam Girard. I, oh, fully. And so you're kind of caught in this situation where you're deciding Sam Girard or Bo Byram. I think that's really the conversation right now because you want to keep Bo Byram around. You want to, you know, give him an extension, whether, you know, eventually. Yeah. Um, so is keeping Sam Girard around putting you at risk of, losing Bo Byram, whether it's sooner or later, losing him at one point. Because I think yeah. I think we'd all agree we'd love to see Bo Byram maybe even finish his career in an avalanche sweater. 100%. More so than we'd say that about Sam Gerard, yeah. right? No, for sure. Um, so I think that's where it's tough. But I, I don't love the idea of breaking down a championship team so right. much. Right. I mean, and that and that's pivotal. And that's what gave them so much flexibility is, yeah, Sam Gerard went down. They, they were able to reach right. into the depth right. and have a guy fill in. 
rather than if they were to just sign Jack Johnson and keep that third pair of Johnson and Johnson this year. I don't think that's what you want to be your core. Right. And, and, and be, I'm glad you brought up the injury piece. Cause that's actually one of the reasons why I think, and, and I agree with you. Look, if it comes to next off season and it's what this, this comment right here says, you don't have to move him this year because he fits. If it comes to next year and and what you are needing to give Bo Byram, to your point, exceeds if you need to make room for Bo and Byram, then that's when I think you start having that conversation. Like for this upcoming season, Bo Byram is still going to be on that last year of his ELC. And because McCarr, he's specific about the way, you know, how he feels, he takes care of his body. If he feels like he needs a couple games off to get back up to speed, he's going to do that. And I just think if you have that flexibility where you can flex Sam Gerrard up and down your lineup, Bo Byram up and down your lineup, and also keep in mind the way that Jared Bednar deploys his defense, we see a mix of looks. So throughout the course of a game, you'll see Sam Gerrard play with two or three different partners. Bo Byram play with two or three different partners. So yes, maybe he's listed on your third pair but if that allows you to roll all three pairs, roll four or five or six guys for the whole game, so you're not having to lean on your top guys so much, I just think it makes too much sense. The Avs got so many matchup advantage matchup advantages um, out of their defense last year. I mean, we saw it countless times in the playoffs on big plays where the Avs were able to match Byram, McCarr against fourth lines, third lines. And to your point, if you tear down too much of this, you just kind of lose that. So for me, for this season, this season, I don't think it makes a ton of sense to move on from Gerard just to make a center fit. Yeah, a center, yeah, you're, you're kind of cutting him short there, right? I think <laughs> that the argument really is, you know, and yeah, you're right. The defensive group and their defensive structure was a huge part of their success over the last couple of years, yeah. right? I mean, that's why they were able to plug and play Darcy Kemper and just make it work kind of the way they made it work with Philip Grubauer because of the pieces in front of them. Those are super important. So you're basically arguing with yourself and Chris McFarland and Joe Sackick and the new guy they hired today. I forget his name yeah, already. Uh, McDonald. Yeah. Um, they're sticking. They love Max here Kevin in McDonald. Colorado. Don't yeah. They got McFarland, McDonald, McDermott, McKinnon, McCarr. McDonald again. McDonald again. <laughs> um, so the decision they're having to make here is what's more important to us, this lockdown defensive structure where we can plug and play any goalie, i.e. a brand new goalie that we have this year, yep. or the point production that was brought to us by Nazem Kadri. I mean, it's really a, a yep. rock and a hard place, and, and that's For the sure. conversation they're having. That's the conversation we're all having in our own heads, and I don't know if there's really a right answer. It's just whatever you think is going to benefit the team the most. Right. On a hunch – I feel like that defensive structure is more important. Yeah. So I don't know. I I kind of came into this with an open mind. I feel like I'm swaying more towards the keep Gerard side. Yeah. And 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 I to your, to your point, I I don't want to. I don't. Again, I'm trying really hard not to short sell Nazem Kadri. And I, I don't just mean a center. I'm more of talking about that top six spot. Is it worth it to you? And maybe again, maybe the answer ultimately ends up being yes. Is it worth it to you to move a piece that you know? He's cost controlled, right? Sam Gerard. He's at five million. He's not going up. This isn't the NBA. You can't restructure. You know what he's at. You know how he fits. Is it worth you moving on from a guy like that that you like that has been a good productive player for you? Um, you know, not great. Has he had his moments of you know 
has he had his blemishes? Of course, every player does. Uh, but he's been good for you. He's been what you've asked of him. He fits your style well. Is moving on from that worth it to sign a new contract up front and now you have another hole that you need to replace on the back end? I personally don't think it is, at least as of right now. I think, and this is maybe what we can get into right now, I think there's plenty of options out there that keep you from having to do something like that that are passable. And that defense being as good as it is makes it so that you can have some flexibility in goal um, and, and up front because you have such a rock-solid foundation to lean back on. Yeah, and forking over all the everything that feels like Nazem Kadri's asking for, right, the term and the dollar amount at 31 years of age doesn't really seem like the best business decision of course all the fans when in the us, season starts yeah all the fans in us say no you got to bring them back did you not see those goals you brought right, up right. the two biggest goals in the playoffs so i mean it's it's all things that need to be thought about throw it up on the whiteboard pros cons cross some stuff out yeah. you know it, it's 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 much deeper than just what can be covered in an hour long podcast right and and here's the other thing to keep in mind and this is the part that uh, people lose sight of right because you watch stuff from a biased perspective as you know, when you're a fan, you watch it from a biased perspective, which that's the whole point of being a fan. Why is it that people suggest they should trade Sam Gerard? It's because he has value. It's because there's 25 teams at least that would look at him as a bona fide, no questions asked set and forget top four defenseman. And they feel like it's diminishing value here in Colorado. Right. Like he's, we've seen his peak. We don't think he's going to provide much more than what he's already brought. Let's sell him while he's high. Right, right. right. Not high, like literally. <laughs> sell him while his stock is high. Sell him while he's stoned. <laughs> um, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, and and it, and it is just, you have to keep that in mind that he has value for a reason. Which brings you to uh, maybe other solutions, right? Yep. There's, there's other guys that you can perhaps ship out. They haven't been as popularly floated out there, but... Um, I guess other moves that, that could be out there to get it done. Uh, on my most recent podcast, we talked about JT Comfort. I kind of felt he was much more replaceable than a Sam Gerrard. You you take JT Comfort out of the lineup. He brought a lot of big goals. He brought he brings timely clutch goals, yep. um, but he also brings some downsides, right? There's sometimes where you're waiting. It's been a couple days since we've seen JT Comfort produce any sort of point whatsoever. So, is there something in there? Is there a package deal you see for JT Comfort to maybe make it work that you can get him out of town? Do you even like that idea? But again, I, I brought up at the beginning of the show the plethora of centers that right. they have in this system, not only not only on, on the main team, but on the Eagles as well. What's hard for me about moving on from JT Comfort is it's in my opinion, it's telling that he is the last of the 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 frat line, right? From a few years ago that he's the last man standing. He's just so versatile for this for this Avs team. And like you said, his his big black mark is uh, that he goes stretches without really doing anything. Mm-hmm. And then right when you are about ready to fully write him off, he scores two huge goals against the St. Louis Blues in a in a massive game 6. Let's you know not forget I mean? his name was heavily floated around trade deadline too. Yep. And he ended up sticking around, and it was Jost that got shipped. And Jost that got shipped out. And and so I also think that JT Comfort is a Band-Aid solution, short-term. Short-term solution at that 2C if you need a guy to flex into that spot. So I don't know, but I'll be honest with you, because of what they have kind of up and down the lineup, uh, I do think he's a little bit 
maybe more expendable than a Sam Gerrard. Um, and, and look, for me, honestly, man, if, if, <laughs> if I'm going to go out, if I'm, if I'm Chris McFarlane and I'm going to go out and I'm going to make a trade, I'm just going to go make a trade for a player that I want to plug in that spot. Why am I going to go just make a salary cap dump to re-sign someone? Just go trade for someone that you want there. I think there are plenty of names that are out there uh, that that would make sense. I think there's teams that are looking to maybe move on from some guys, some guys that are looking to move on from teams. So you see it as a step backwards to take a step forward. You're still essentially square one. Well, well, what I'm just saying is that if you're going to go get involved in the trade market and you're going to move a guy like JT Comfer, go bring someone back that you feel you can plug into that second line spot and your depth, to your point, like you can fill out the bottom half of your lineup internally. So the vibe I'm getting from you is you don't even really want Kadri back. No. It doesn't seem to make sense to you. I, I want, I would like for them to bring Nazem Kadri back. In a perfect world, I think he's a great fit here. I think he loves it here. I think the fans love him here. I think it's a great fit. I just don't, I don't see how he fits from a dollar standpoint without substantially hurting another part of your team and possibly putting you in a bad spot long-term. And I also, it's not that I don't want him. I just don't think the abs are going to do that. They've just shown time and time again under this regime that they aren't going to handcuff themselves for multiple years for a short-term decision. And as much as I'd like to see him come back, the more and more I think about it, I, I, I just, I just don't see the way that it works with what we know he wants Money wise, you know, you have, you have some trade options out there where you can get some salary retained. You can move some salary out as you bring it back. I I, I just don't. You'd essentially be trading JT Comfort for Nazem Kadri and Nazem Kadri is already on your team. You know what I mean? And, and, and it just, I, I just, I've tried for weeks now week to make the money work. And I just don't see how it fits with Nazem Kadri with, to your point, some of the other offers that you know are going to be out there. I had someone throw in my mentions. What if they gave him eight years at 5 million a year? They're like he gets to 40 million and both. And I was like, Oh my gosh, maybe. But like outside of that, I just don't see how you make Nazem Kadri fit. And if I'm Nazem Kadri, I'm like, I, I find myself more valuable than Val Nachushkin, and you're going to pay Val Nachushkin right. more than me. Like, right. GTFO, right? Like, right. I'm going somewhere else. And obviously, eight years gets pretty scary, but <laughs> right. you know, in the NHL, you can worry about that down the road. Um, but no, I, I get what you're saying for sure. It's, uh, I mean, that's why they get paid the big, big bucks. And the NHL is just in a tight spot where the sal- with the salary cap these last couple of years, and you're seeing it across the league. It's not just the Avalanche having to make tough decisions. Um, it's it's everywhere. I mean, right? The the, the Vegas Golden Knights had to get rid of Max Pacioretty. They loved him, right? Yeah. And they, it just looks like they're tearing down the team. Chicago's tearing down the team. And then this this comment right here from uh, Casey Cheatham: moving Gerard and then potentially losing Taves in 2024. You've now lost two thirds of the left side of your defense. Um, in two years, I just, again, I, I think we have to make sure that we're careful about short-term returns and then hurting yourself in the long-term. You're in a five-year window here where you should really be pushing for another cup or two is giving Nazem Kadri big money and having to move a guy like Gerard 
does that get you closer to that goal by, you know, winning another cup or two by 2027? Or does that kind of put you down into this middling spot? And I don't know the answer to that, but that's the kind of stuff that I think you have to weigh. It's easy to have the emotions about Kadri and stuff right now because you're fresh off the cup win. He did a lot of great things. Um, I'd love to see him back here. I, I just don't see how it fits. Um, you know, I look, I look around the league. I look at a guy like Chandler Stevenson in Vegas. Vegas still needs to move some money around. Um, you know, I don't know if they'd want to move him to a team they're so closely contending with, but you know, that's a name that's out there. Vlad Tarasenko, another name that's out there one year. He's at seven, two, you get them to eat a couple million bucks. You send back a couple sweeteners. Yes, that's in division. I don't know. Um, Connor Garland, that's a name who's been out there that I think could be a decent top six guy. I've said that he'd be a great fit here for a few years. Yeah. He's uh, fun to watch. Jesse Pugliarby. I'd love that. Yep. There, there's a, a finished second line winger. You don't think. So they're cheaper options is what right. you're saying. And, yeah. and, and, you know, my point is that it's tough to fill that point void, but I don't, who's to say he's ever going to produce at a clip like that ever again why right? why why hasn't he been signed yet it's because teams are saying wow what a great year you were a huge part of that cup winning team can you do that again because you've never done it before yeah that's why he doesn't have a contract right now he's if like it, i can absolutely do it again they're like what are you talking about you only have one hand right now right 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 i i think if you know if, if this was his second or third time hitting 80 85 90 points he, he would have been done on J July 13th before noon. There's a reason it's still floating out there. And there's a reason this is taking a long time. And I just, I look around the league and I'm saying, look, if you're going to go get involved in the trade market, Mark Shifley, Patrick Kane's name is out there. The Avs have been interested in him. Patrick Lyon had just signed this morning, but Pierre-Luc Dubois wants out of Winnipeg. Like there are options out there. If you're going to go out there and get involved in the trade market and be making these splashy trades with big names like Sam Girard, Go out, go out and get your guy. Like, just go out and get someone. Yeah, and, and the reality of the current NHL landscape is that no NHL teams can really have too many superstars without the salary cap going up. So right. there's really a balance because obviously, like, you look at that Nathan McKinnon extension, everybody and their mom and their mom's cousin want to <laughs> give him a raise. Yeah. But you give him a raise without the salary cap going up, you got to break some eggs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you want that omelet, baby, you got to crack Woo! some eggs. Um, right now seems like a perfect it's time to get to after that uh, Colorado Golf Association and Athletic Greens. That's right. Uh, this is the NBR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Also brought to you guys a new partner here, uh, Colorado Golf Association. Uh, our friends over at the Colorado Golf Association have an awesome raffle going for all of our golf fans, which it's the summer. I think most people listening are probably golf fans, right? Uh, check out the Dream Golf Vacation Raffle. Prizes include uh, stay and play packages at uh, why. Oh, wow. I should have uh, done a little bit, a little bit more <laughs> pronunciation uh, Googling on this. Uh, why lay blue golf course in Maui. I feel like you did pretty well. There. Thank you. That's yeah. Gotta be it. Uh, whistling straights, uh, a Naples golf tour and Palm beach golf tour, as well as a $5,000 gift card uh, to Brandon dunes. Anyone who enters, uh, uh, well, I'll, uh, Okay, I guess we'll... Anyone who enters will be eligible to, uh, to win an early bird prize uh, of a VIP experience at the 2022 BMW Championship uh, where the winner where, where the winner will get an inside-the-rope experience and walk with the players in the event. Uh, all proceeds benefit the CGA community programs, including uh, Youth on the Course and Solich Cattle. 
uh, and Leadership Academy. Youth on Course allows kids 18 and under to play courses around the state for $5 or less. And the Solich Academy is a flagship program at the CGA for kids uh, to caddy in a two-year training program. Head to coloradogolf.org to get your raffle tickets today. coloradogolf.org. So raffling just one of the coolest golf tours you could ever go on in your life, essentially. Basically. Right? Uh, multiple of the coolest golf tours you've ever gone on in your life. Uh, so head on over there and uh, get your raffle tickets today. Uh, next partner is one that you guys hear me gush about all the time. Rudo actually gives me hard time because I went around and uh, stole everyone's athletic greens who hadn't taken their free sample home. Uh, because it's up. Yeah. Yeah. It's love greens. Yeah. Uh, have you ever had athletic greens? Uh, I use a different brand. Ooh, oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. For the second time to show y'all here, just go ahead and end it. Um, <laughs> these samples at work. Uh, I to, I've heard nothing but great things. Yeah. I need to try Athletic Greens. In, like, I've only tried the one brand, right? You right. got to diversify. <laughs> Once you find greens, you're like, oh my God, I love it. There's more than one there's brand more, of greens. There's out. more than one out there. Actually, when you walked over, we were listening to another podcast. They were talking about Athletic Greens. Uh Look, we got these samples in. Hannah and I started using them. It's it's one scoop of their dry powder in your water every day, and it is a uh, a full day's worth of uh, fruits and veggies, uh, basically all the supplements that you would actually need um, for your day, vitamins, minerals, all that good stuff, made from whole food sourced superfoods. They have 75 high-quality vitamins. They have minerals, probiotics and adaptogens to help your help you start your day, right? Seriously, we get up each morning before we brush our teeth. It's just one scoop in our water bottle. Um, look, I'll be, I'll be honest. It's, it's a very green, natural taste. Uh, so, you know, we add a little bit like the crystal light, like lemonade in there. Just and, sugar it on up. Well, just, just a <laughs> little bit, just a little bit to add that zing. Uh, and, and, and honestly, as someone who, I wouldn't describe myself as picky, but I have a little bit of a, choosier palate i love it it's cold water it's refreshing i'm the same way i'm a mac and cheese and chicken tender kind of guy Dude, and i'm yes. always taken back by how well they make these greens taste yeah you threw all these vegetables in here and it tastes like this and usually they all have uh spirulina in it right any greens mm -hmm. will have spirulina and that's super super good for you i think it's made yeah. from algae or something like that but it helps helps burn fat helps just cr create so many good things in the body athletic greens i mean if you're missing out on this, you're missing out on the future. Like this is well, dude. Look, so so like you, mac and cheese and chicken nuggets. I I don't like everyone's giving me a hard time because I don't like getting veggies and like Chinese food and stuff like that. With athletic greens, I don't need to. I get all my veggies oh, at once. Yep. And it, like I said, it really is. It's 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 refreshing. Uh, I I'm not a coffee drinker. I feel like it gives me a nice boost in the morning. Uh, Rudo and I were also laughing because I was drinking athletic greens while I was sick. He and I got sick on the exact same day. Rudo is still dealing with it. I was over mine like a week ago and we were all like one of us drinks athletic greens. One of us doesn't. Uh, and I'm already, I'm already back up and going helps with your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus and aging, basically just all the things JJ um, digestion helps you with your energy, all of that good stuff. Uh, head on over to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche. So they know you guys heard about it here. Uh, that's athleticgreens.com slash avalanche, avalanche, uh, and take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And to make it easy, when you go to 
athleticgreens.com slash avalanche. Uh, they are going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. One more time, athleticgreens.com slash avalanche. And that's it. Then, then you're done with your veggies for the day. I'm telling you, those five sponsors we've talked about today, I can really get behind. Some TV, <laughs> yep. some beer, yep. some athletic greens, yep. a little bit of betting, and some golf. Yeah, I'm in. That's my life. That's my <laughs> life right there in a nutshell. Um, somebody asking me if I went to Mullen High School. Yes, I, I've been recognized. I've been spotted. Ah, you went to Mullen, eh? Yep, 2006 state champs. What's up? <laughs> I did not know you were Mullen. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, the closing portion of our show. Jesse, I prepared for us a fun little conversation because, yeah. you know, we've all been talking about Nazem Kadri for well over a week now. We just beat it into the ground. I hope everybody can walk away with some good talking points when they go to their own water cooler, right? Because yeah. yeah. that's oftentimes the point of sports radio and podcasting and whatnot. Um, we've been seeing all the players' days with the cup, right? Yeah. Obviously, none of the big names really yet. We've seen Obey Kubel, Jack Johnson got his, Gerard. Sam Gerard, Pavel Francouz most recently over there in Czech. Czechia now. Mm -hmm. I don't want to call it the Czech Republic and insult anybody or offend anybody. But that brings me to a fun hypothetical question, Jesse. If you win the cup, yeah. let me throw this caveat in there. Here's the difference, right? Because everybody takes it to their hometown. Right, right, right. Your hometown, of course, is already Denver, Colorado, <laughs> right? Or I guess it would be New Mexico, but you claim yeah. Denver as your hometown. So that's don't not say exciting. That too loud. You can't don't embarrass say me. <laughs> you can't say, I'm going to take this bad boy to my hometown where it's already been and everybody's already over it. But that being said, you have a day with the cup. How are you running it? What are you doing? What's your perfect day with the Stanley Cup? Man, so I've, I've honestly, I've been thinking about this for a little while now. And I, I really, I... Don't forget, you're also famous in this right, hypothetical. Right, right. I, I know what I would, I would eat something out of it. Um... What was that look? <laughs> I'm just waiting to hear what you're going to eat out of it. Uh, I'd probably do uh, I'd probably do a nice big old bowl of uh, – someone walking awfully close to the window. Freaked me out a little bit. Uh, my fiance and I love – we make homemade pasta all the time. We love a nice homemade pasta. We make our own sauce. Um, so I'd eat a giant Clarence Campbell bowl of – or no, Dominion Challenge cup of – pasta out of the top of it just some nice pink sauce a little bit of chicken on top mm. pink sauce as in like a vodka sauce like a fettuccine or an alfredo uh, alfredo and tomato a mix yeah 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 yep again up. make it from scratch some cream garlic yeah mm, okay very good um so i don't want to rain on your parade on that then we'll do, get because i don't know what i would do on a full we'll get day. back to that we'll get back to your day but from some of the horror stories I read, right? Because the next portion of our show is going to be some of the strangest Stanley Cup yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple players, I think uh, Chris Draper was one of them. They put their baby in the Stanley yeah, Cup, yeah, yeah. who then soiled the Stanley Cup, <laughs> both one and two. No. So I know they clean it out. And it, even when Chris Draper, I guess the story was Chris Draper's baby defecated in the Stanley Cup. They cleaned it out, and then Chris Draper drank out. Oh, God. but that just knowing that that had been there, I don't think I can eat anything out of the cup. I mean, as much as I love ice cream, yeah, and think I would love to eat a bowl of ice cream out of the Stanley Cup, I don't think I could get myself to do it. That thing's been through way too much. I know it's clean. Yeah. I know Clorox wipes exist. Clorox wipes kills ninety nine point nine percent of bacteria, Jesse. 
Yeah, no. Uh, and there's there's etching in there, and there's bacteria and something get in. Uh, as someone who is definitely germ conscious, uh, I think I'd still do it. I think I'd still eat out of it. And then, personally, as far as the rest of your day, you don't you don't have any ideas. Well, I don't know. I mean, like I'd like to take it to like the rink where like I played seven times a week growing up. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I've, I feel like all I've seen the players doing this this uh, time around are uh, taking parade or you know doing parades and stuff. I, I haven't to seen, their hometowns, right? right? Right, right. I haven't seen anybody do anything like particularly um, cool with it. What would you do? Help me spark some ideas here. Um, I don't know. I I think I would have a selfish day, right? I unlike all the other NHLers, I don't think I'd be like, all right, let me go celebrate this with my community and everybody who helped me get here. I think I'd be like, I think I'd take it golfing. Yeah. I'd have a, a me day. I'd, I'd take it golfing. I'd probably start my day with some coffee with it. Yeah. Some delicious honey. Would you cinnamon drink latte. coffee out of it? No, I told you. Okay, I'm not, that's right. No, no, no. I'm yeah, not consuming yeah. anything yeah, out yeah, of yeah. it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, go golfing with the boys. Yep. And that's the thing, right? Not just my teammates, the boys. The friends of mine that that weren't necessarily on the team yeah. go golfing, hit a beach day. A beach day is a must. You take yeah. that thing, plant it in the sand. Think yeah, how yeah, cool yeah. the Stanley Cup looks in the sand. We've seen pictures of it in the sand. I think for All Star Games <sighs> yeah. and other awesome, things like yeah. that. So take it to the beach and then have yourself a night. I mean, I know they already had like a week full of, <laughs> of nights, but you you're, you're with the boys all day golfing. What's better? You finish it off with a round at the beaches and then you're hitting the clubs. I mean, to me, that's just the ideal with the, cup. with the cup with the cup and with people who haven't seen it too right i guess there's a little bit of community once you get to those clubs and that draws yeah. a lot of attention you're at the vip booth but um no you get yeah you just have that's me though that's right. me i'm having right. myself so, oh let's ha just have the perfect day no, i day. love that so what i so here's what it is very similar to you just start real nice and easy some breakfast out on the patio with it just sitting right there. And then because I'm not a huge golfer, I'd probably go, uh, you know, rent a sheet of ice for an hour or two, get the boys out there. Again, your friends, people that aren't necessarily on your team, go play with it, sitting maybe in the scorekeeper's box. Right. And then, yeah, I liked what you said there. Go out to the beach, go out to the park, wherever, wherever you are geographically, have yeah, a, you gotta go to the beach. Screw the park. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I'm I'm with you, but like I don't have a beach around here. I have a park I can walk to in 90 seconds. But for, don't forget you're famous in this okay, hypothetical. Right, 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 you right, can yeah, jet yeah, your yeah. way. Right, yeah. 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 Okay. So I'd go to the beach, have a huge beach day, and then I'd do. Uh, I wouldn't go out, but I'd have like a big party, family, friends, with the cup just right in the middle. Like a little backyard barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even on the beach, big big fire pit going. Who knows? Because the visuals of it sitting in the sand, you are correct. You'd love to do something awesome with it, right? You'd love to be that guy that's like, oh, right. my God, they, we're going to talk about this for years. He took it on a helicopter up to Kilimanjaro and S drank an iced tea. Skydiving went down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, that's just not my style. I like to keep it cool, keep it party, and uh, keep it, you know, fun. Golf, beach, and party. What's, that's my kind of day. No, I like that. Yeah, see – Everybody hates me. You wouldn't, yeah. Silver's antibacterial. There's enough alcohol in there to have killed all the bacterial. Pup in a cup was hilarious. I guess I missed pup in a cup. What was pup in a cup? I think, I think, did a dog poop in there or something like that? Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. That's the thing. It's happened multiple times. <laughs> Along with multiple times, I guess Mario Lemieux threw it in his pool once and yeah. it sunk to the bottom. 
which I think no one anticipated because it is hollow, right? So you're like, yeah. oh, let's throw it in. It probably floats, but it's also very so, heavy and probably sunk to the bottom, filled with water, and then it was really hard to get out. And then Patrick Wall went and did it a couple years later, the exact same thing, just learned <laughs> from the lessons. So uh, I was laughing because I was talking to a buddy, um, and he was laughing about the Abe Kubel tripping on the ice and denting it. And you and I got a pretty good look at the cup later in the night uh, when they were filing into the JW. Uh, and I was laughing because I was telling him, I was like, got up pretty close to it at one point. I was like, and I don't think people understand. I was like, that thing was dented to absolute hell before I, they yeah. even got back to the hotel. So yeah, I was looking up the strangest stories before in our in our show prep here, and I remember when I was younger, I'd always heard about a a drummer got a hold of the Stanley Cup, some famous early '90s, late '80s metal band drummer, and was drumming on the cup and put a ton of little dings in it, and they had to, apparently this thing gets dented. Oh, significantly more than once a season. Do you remember the? Couldn't confirm the drummer story. The Tampa Bay last year? Yeah, didn't Pat Maroon drop it? Oh, dude. I mean, and it was like, I, I mean, he dented the, it wasn't even a dent. He flattened half the actual cup. The cup part of it. Uh, on the top. I'm going to see if I can get this pulled up, send it over to Yah here. Because, uh, like, dude, this thing gets I think beat even, up and destroyed. Yeah. I don't know. I remember somebody on TV, whether I think it was Mike Rupp or Dave Reed, somebody was talking about how their day with the cup, it was broken. It was a broken cup because whoever had it last broke the cup part of it. Oh, shit. Really? I yeah. have not heard that. Yeah. So there's some wild stories. None of them are too, too crazy, but you know that the, the craziest ones are out there. They just haven't been told. Right. You know, because those Stanley Cup parties get pretty rowdy and. You know, there are players-only parties with that cup that, that don't get spoken of. But, yeah, apparently this thing's been tossed around, kicked around throughout its uh, lifetime, that it's amazing that it, they, they maintain to keep it looking the way it does. Yeah, here, I'm, I'm sending you a picture right now. If you can get that pulled up, uh, just so – I mean, that's like the next yep, day. I remember that. That was bad. He's still drenched in champagne. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just – yeah, you know, there's – there's been some crazy stuff uh, that's happened to it, but that's part of what makes it so cool, right? Is that this is the cup. Yeah, right there. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, like the Abe Kubel dent is nothing compared to that. I just think the Abe Kubel dent was probably the fastest in yeah, Stanley yeah. Cup history. <laughs> Didn't even leave the eyes yet, and it already had a big fat dent in it. I think, uh, was it Phil Pritchard, the keeper of the cup? I think he even tweeted out, Yes, I do believe this is a record for it, it being yep. dented. I won't lie. I was nervous. From where we were in the building in Tampa, I saw the cable on the ice that Gabe Landeskog was skating. He stepped right over Directly it, towards. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be an infamous moment. <laughs> Gabe Landeskog gets seven seconds into holding the cup and trips over a cord. And, yeah, he saw it and stepped right that over it. That was my thought, too. I was like, wow, what grace. Yeah, yeah. What? what can't this man do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's the show I had prepared for us today. I hope everybody enjoyed it. it. Took us a, a little bit over an hour and we got some good conversation and good ideas floated back and forth. Some things I hadn't thought about from you. Same. So um, I hope the listeners enjoyed it as much as we did. Dude, uh, always enjoyed talking to you. Uh, you and I spent a bunch of time together in Tampa and we just kept saying, look, we're heading into the summer. We got to get on more shows together. Um, so that's what we're doing. So uh, we'll do it again. We've got while it while it's. 
Well, it feels right around the corner. We also still have a lot of time until the season gets going. Uh, so we will be at this again, dude. Always appreciate you coming by. Thank you guys all so much for listening as well. Uh, as always, got to, got to give a shout out uh, to our man Yahir behind the uh, proverbial glass, making sure you can see us, hear us, uh, and make sure that uh, you guys all get your comments up on uh, up on the board and everything that we need to see and do. I think that's all we got. Are you good? I'm good. Cool. He's JJ Jerez. I'm Jesse Montano. This is the DNBR Avalanche Podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you guys all so much for listening. We'll see you on Monday.